Welcome to The Living Room, a cozy place of candid conversation. We're a group of women in various ages and stages of life. Join us for thoughtful discussion with a side of humor. We chat about everything from parenting issues to life balance, what matters most, and how to make it happen in everyday life. Settle in just to listen or feel free to add your comments online at www.fromthelivingroom.com. And now, your hosts for today's show. Welcome to The Living Room. We are so glad you're here. Come on in, grab a seat, and get comfy because we are a candid group of women in various ages and stages of life, and we are willing to get real and tell it like it is. And we're also willing to share what works for us and hope you'll find something here today that works for you too. Today, we are joined by the gals. We're going to go ahead and introduce ourselves, starting with... I'm Jody And Jana. Kate. Heather, Christy, Michelle, and I'm Connie, your host. I feel like a cheer. Hi, I'm Connie. (laughs) Needs to follow that. We are talking today about motherhood in the trenches, which we know you know. And we're hoping that you'll not only listen to what we have to share, but you'll come on our website, fromthelivingroom.com, and you'll share your thoughts and feelings there, too. We've got great stuff to share with you today. First, we're going to start with Jody, who has a great experience that kind of can relate to all of us in in a certain way. Well, I think motherhood... Um, is always a little in the trenches. And I have a, a dear friend that decided that, oh, well, got to go return some Redbox videos. And so she goes and, you know, does what you normally would do, take the video and put it in the little slot that's on the side. But she hears something and it just doesn't register. Um, oh, ouch. And uh, doesn't think much about it. And she kind of uh, assumed that as she walked in the store that, you know, something might not have looked exactly right but it really wasn't clicking because she's going a million miles and she's you know fast doing this running to here and fro with kids and responsibilities she goes to return the second one and she puts it in the slot and again a second later ouch and it she called me on the phone and she says you will not believe this i was returning the red box movies and the man was main you know doing maintenance on it and the the door was open so she's dropping her you know dvds on the man's head and she is so focused and stressed on what it is that she's doing she's she's not tuned in and so so i think it's time to you know take a little breather and i think sometimes that's what what our challenge is is how do we how do we step back and and get out of the trenches and enjoy motherhood enjoy being a woman and all the things that matter but you know, not doing it where you're not tuning in that you might be the Netflix guy. Yeah, the box guy. No, that's exactly right. I think when we have so much going in our minds, whether it's financial, whether it's a, a difficult child, whatever it is, our minds are going and we're go- we're trying to do too many things at one time, and we're dealing with really difficult challenges at the same time. So the day to day plus the deeper things. And so for whatever challenges that we're all facing, what what are some of the things that are really kind of on your mind right now that would make you biff? The the poor red box guy. What's, what's something that you're thinking, Kate? So I think my biggest challenge with motherhood is guilt. I think I never realized as a mother that, you know, especially someone with a pretty good self-esteem, I really don't do the whole guilt thing very much, but that you would have night after night of going to bed, you know, wondering who did I ruin today and how, <laughs> and, you know, and then you never do sit there and go, gosh, I was awesome today. I did this and this and this. It's, True. it's holy cow. I remember that he, my son said, mom, listen, listen, listen. I was just a minute, just a minute, just a minute. And I never did get to that minute. Or my daughter, you know, wanted to show me something she made in class. I'm like, that's awesome. You know, I'm out. And then, or whatever. And I just remember all these things and and feel so terrible. And then it's compounded, you know, when you're talking to your 
husband and you're like telling him about the day and you're like oh and then I can't go to sleep because I feel so guilty and do you know what I mean and he's like, <laughs> and like yep yep I'll be the one that carries that. Awesome. You have a good night's rest, and I'll lay here and feel horrible for the next three hours. Don't take that. That is great. Yeah. 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 But that is yeah. true. That yeah. is so universal. Yeah. It is. And, and we can learn something from them that way of how to just yeah. Tune let it, it go. Zone out. Yeah. Tune and out. realize it's not going to kill them. Yeah. It's, it's all good. Yeah. And then you think, you know, if they if they went to bed and they're healthy, I guess, and, and I won't say fed because I forget that a lot of times, but... <laughs> <laughs> Healthy and safe and in there, in or at the least bed. coherent. You know, that's they right. might not be healthy, okay. but they are responsive. <laughs> well, yeah. I know there's that celebrity that said, "If my husband comes home and the children are alive, I've done my job." Seriously, Still, I, I yeah. submit to that. Yeah. Anybody else have some a challenge that they're facing right now? For me, it's demands on my children's time, mm. and that fine line between giving them all that they need to succeed as the people they are, and having the time at home with them, mm. and really. We're in a situation now, and we've created as mothers this environment where if we don't start our kids at three years old being on the baseball team, they're not going to be able to do it when they're in high school and when they want to. And it's this very strange environment of extracurricular activities. Mm -hmm. So really, for me, it's deciding when. When do they do it? When do they not do it? And how it affects your own family and your right. particular feeling about what's best for your family, not just going with societal trend. Right. Yeah. And unfortunately, the societal trend makes it so that there aren't any kids to play with in the neighborhood because they're all at their 8,000 things as well. Sure. So no, My husband said, I remember riding my bike all over mm -hmm. when I was, you know, mm -hmm. we have a, a nine and a half year old and, she, and he just went everywhere. And it was because there were, there were things to do. There were other kids to play with. And so it is good to be mindful of that. I agree. I That's think that right. can be tricky. It is tricky. What about you, Heather? I think for me, amongst, I mean, all of these struggles are so real, so I'm like, well, yes, that's me, and yes, that's me. <laughs> but I think even just to add to that, you know, I find myself trying to have a lot of control, so kind of umbrella parenting a little bit, and I know I shouldn't, and I know I need to step away from it, but I want certain things for our kids, and I worry about them a lot, and so... I find myself making decisions for them when maybe I need to step back and let them make their own decisions. And sometimes that gets really tricky. You know, do I tell you what to do and how to do it? Do I tell you you can go and you can't? Or do I just step back? And so that, I struggle with that a little bit. Kind of that ability to let go when I need to let go instead of controlling everything. Absolutely. And knowing when to do what. Well, yeah, and especially exactly. because when they're young, you do control everything. It, yeah. It's my job to control everything. And so now, as our youngest children are not so young anymore, and as they get older, you know, I'm still in that mode with babies where it's like, I'm going to dictate and tell you what to do all day. And then I have to look at our 12-year-old who's almost 13 and say, oh, wait, oh, I, I don't make those decisions for you anymore. Okay, go make yes. them. And so yes. the fact that, you know, that we're juggling those two things, it gets a little bit complicated sometimes absolutely you know and for me mine's completely different and yet all the same so the child i'm currently ruining is <laughs> a 15 year old and our his two older siblings have gone off to college and so i have this one guy home and he's delightful he's fun we love having him around he it turns out he doesn't think we're that fun anymore. Yeah. What's he wants, the deal? Right? <laughs> he's, he's, he wants to be out with his friends all the time. And so my big challenge is how do I connect with this 15-year-old boy who kind of grunts, doesn't want to talk a lot, and uh, yes. making that work. 
Yes, and, and not feeling like yeah. making him feel like he's a project or that you know you're trying to be really conscious of that valuable time together. That's right. But yes, that these are just so fabulous, and that's something. Hopefully, you're thinking in your own mind that as a listener, what is it that is a challenge for you right now? And be thinking, what does that look like to you? How does that feel for you? And what are some things that you found that have worked? Jody's got a great quote, and we're going to come back with a few solutions. But first, we want to have a little fun thing from Jody on this. I love this, and I probably overuse it, but uh, I, it was on my fridge for a time, and my dad said, oh, that, did you make that up? And I said, oh, I'm not that wise, but I love that uh, Jill Churchill was, and it says, um, there's no one perfect way to be, or there's no one way to be a perfect mother, but a million ways to be a good one. And it's Aww, just important to remember great. we're all good in our own way. And uh, if our kids are alive at the end of the day, but that they feel that they're loved, they've got a safe place to be. Um, we've, we've got to we've got to count that as a good day. That's exactly right. And I think is what we're talking about the challenges that are really important to each of us recognizing. At the bottom line, no matter how we choose to solve it, because you know that's going to change in three months anyway, but how, no matter how we choose to solve it, remembering we are the perfect mother for our own children. And I think, sorry, I think that's so important to remember. Oh my goodness. I can tell I haven't We're had enough sleep. Tears. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry, grab a tissue. Yeah, where's those allergy tissues? Hang on. But um, <laughs> I think that's so important to remember because we can get caught up in comparing to others and gee look at read the books and I didn't find the best solution oh no it's not working right away and just go back to the core of remembering but I am the perfect mom for my child and I love them and I'm trying and that's what matters I remember a lady emailing me once and she said I just want you to know I know that even though there's things I don't do well as a mother I am the perfect mom for my children. I'm the one that will go buy crickets for the lizard because he wanted to keep one in the house. And I don't make cookies after school for my children, but I taught them how to make them, and they know they can after they get their homework done. So it doesn't matter exactly how we do it compared to the neighbor. What matters is how we do it for our family and what works for us. So with that in mind, can you think about what have been some solutions that have worked for you? Kate, I'm going to come back to you starting off with you again. What are, what are some solutions that have worked for you with the guilt that's helped you with managing I think the biggest thing for me is forgiveness. I think it, forgiveness, we know anyway, is such a, a powerful thing. And kids, as often as I ask my children for forgiveness, they give it. They've never not given it when I've asked. And I think there's a real power in just saying, hey, you know what? Mom should have listened to you. I'm really sorry that you tried like seven times to tell me this story. So will you tell me again and, you know, what it is? And with, and really, I have to sit there the whole time and go, wait, wait, wait for the end. Wait for the end. Wait for it. And then, and then I think as important is that as that is, it's also equally important to forgive myself. And I think that's even harder. And you know, it's okay that maybe I sat and watched Twilight and ate bonbons <laughs> instead of playing Candyland with you on the floor. But just kidding. Just kidding, because no, really, I would never do that. Exactly, but we <laughs> never, ever, ever do that. But, um, at no, least not two days in a row. Yeah, not seven. <laughs> then you can't catch up. Yeah, and they were fat. Free. Never, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would be more alarmed that I watched Twilight than that I ate bonbons. But anyway, no. I'm, I'm going to add something to that. Too, yeah, just please. to say uh, what I love to do at my house is do the do-overs, and it goes oh, yes. along with that. Yes, you, have you know, to. I every day a, a mom has to have a do-over too, yes. and I just had to have one um, yesterday and and Saturday but, <laughs> and Thursday and maybe Wednesday night. night. Yeah, but, but that simple little word has just it changed my mothering years ago to go you know we get a do-over yeah. and I get a do-over too but 
it, there's a new day. I, uh, one of the counselors that I just met with for one of the women that I volunteer with, she came out of the office and she said, now just remember, things can change. And I think that's pretty powerful. You know, yes. forgiveness, all of those things can change. We can be better moms, but we don't have to be perfect moms for heaven's no. sakes. And thank goodness. Well, and I think, too, that my mom, I mean, had 10 kids. And I felt Ugh. torn between my three of who mm -hmm. needs. And, and my mom used to pray every day, who most needs me. Yes. And because she was like, that. I can't give everything to mm, every single one of these, so but good. I can find who most needs me today. And that's what she would do every morning. And so I try right. to do that too. And obviously that doesn't mean you ignore the others, but I really would try to focus on the one. That well, and don't you think you can be, I know for me, I'm, there's a part of me that's actually grateful for, I don't want to say the guilt, but the need to forgive because yes. as I do think it through and I do focus on, oh, today wasn't the greatest of days. Mm. That's what then helps me hone in on what do I need to do better Absolutely. tomorrow. Absolutely. It's not about it. And so yeah. if I didn't have it and if I didn't think it through a little bit or crawl into bed at night and think, oh man, today was not a good day. <laughs> yeah. What yeah. has to be better tomorrow? Then I can wake up tomorrow with that new day and that new change and say, oh, this is yes. where I need to put my focus or Productive this is how I need to. Right. To so handle that. Yeah. Instead of I'm worthless. It's, yeah. Right. Yeah. Wait, I've got better. it in me. Let's see mm -hmm. what I can do I different. What I can it. change. Beautiful. You know, a lot Along with that, I remember a pediatrician years ago, my one son, my Asperger son, who is a doll, but was a real challenge during a few years, maybe <laughs> six, eighteen, somewhere in there. But anyway, I remember he would not eat anything but like three things. And chicken nuggets was one of them, which we did not like. And then there was a couple of other things, and I was just like, This poor child is not gonna grow. And I was at my wit's end, and I remember talking to my pediatrician, and he said, Connie, don't go by the day, go by the week. And I look at that with my children. I go by the week. And if I've had a couple of tough days mm. with one of them or whatever, I say out of the whole week, how much did I really hone in on this the, each child? And I can That's see, great. you know, sometimes some children need it a little more a few days. And sometimes their personalities do need a little more. But I, if I go by the week, I'm feeling better. And I see that everybody pretty much gets their 80%. And that's what we do. And then we just ask for help from above to fill in the rest. I love yeah. it. Exactly. So next challenge, Christy, you want to share? Yeah, sure. Um, my challenge was the extracurricular activities and deciding what to do. And for me, what I decided and what I think we all need to decide is what are the deal breakers for your family? Nice. And that's going to look different for every family. For us and our family, it was dinner time. Mm -hmm. Dinner time Perfect. was a deal breaker. And if the extracurricular activity went through dinner time, sometimes it's a no and sometimes it's a get creative and pack up the dinner and <laughs> yeah. go to the ballpark <laughs> and sit there at the ballpark and watch the one kid but we're all together right. at dinner time so that limits us in a lot of ways we also have a deal breaker of a sabbath day which you know whatever your religious persuasion is we all have time that we need to take out and that's a deal breaker for us. So find those deal breakers for your family and really have the guts to stick to them. I love that. And I love what you shared. I think then it makes your family get more creative. We did that exact thing where I would literally bring dinner to the ballpark. And at first I was none too happy about it either. I was not <laughs> bringing it with a basket of days. He's all happy. I was like, there's burgers right over there and they can just go get one. But I bring these kebabs, these chicken kebabs and Holy rice cow. and stuff. Awesome. And I'm telling, yeah, we noticed people started sitting by us regularly. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm like, hey, there are people. But, yeah. you know, bringing a little bit of extra. Hey, what do you got tonight? But I noticed that this became a memory maker. And so right. It, you're right. These deal breakers can become memory makers instead of feeling like your kids are losing. You're actually gaining on a family side. So yeah. that's a great idea. And we have to decide 
what is our family's story in the end? Mm -hmm. At the end of our family, when we read it back, is what we are doing part of our story? If not, mm -hmm. it's got to go. Mm -hmm. Love it. You know, just research-wise, I remember something with this that helped so much. I ran into some research that continually suggests that kids actually only need one, possibly two extracurricular activities in their life. Right. Wow. That is monumentally different than what society tells us. Yes. But if you mm -hmm. think about that, I mean, routinely, regularly, we've got kids in three, six, seven different things, and they're playing two instruments and two sports and art lessons. And But if, if you go back to one or two things and that's it, you know, that's yeah. very doable. And the rest of the time, like you said, if we want to create this story, it's very hard for our kids to create a story with us as a family if they're never with us. Mm -hmm. yes. So we point. have to decide, yeah. wait a second, if I've got you in something every single day, our story has nothing to do with us because right. you're always with a coach or a, you know, piano teacher or someone else. Right. And so I loved, I loved finding that. I loved knowing that yeah. regardless of what the media is telling me, uh, you know, our kids with one or two things are just fine. Just and, fine. Yeah. They're I remember one time I was, just in tears over this dance situation I had with my little girl where the whole neighborhood is doing dance and um, they're doing, you know, all of these tons of hours of dance. And I am not judging that because maybe that is part of their story. But as I sat down with my husband and I felt so guilty that my daughter was not getting it and getting this dance and she was only in one hour of dance a week. <laughs> we really had to, what? we really had to like look at it. And I thought, what is the statistical <laughs> probability of her becoming a famous dancer? Right. And then I thought, what is the probability of her needing life skills and needing to know how to be a good person and needing to know how to cook and yes. needing to know how to be in a family environment? That's 100%. She's going to need that 100%. The dance, maybe not so much. I'm glad she does it. And we can afford one hour a week. But it's okay that I can't do the sure. other hours that my sure. neighbors do. And it's okay that they can. And maybe that's, that's what point. their kids need. It gets back to what you said, Connie, about we are the right mothers for our children. I love that example. I, I think, too, um, thinking that we're trying to find joy along the way here. And, and we <laughs> <What>? forget. <laughs> I mean, that's what I... That, in fact, my husband, he was so funny. In fact, he said this to me yesterday. I think, Jody, you have built the expectations of our children because it was two of our girls' birthdays <laughs> on Sunday. <laughs> I know, imitating him. He that's might not like that. All of our husbands are just like that. <laughs> <laughs> but that I have set the bar high in terms of what they expect for and this was just the birthday because we have four kids but we share two birthdays so the older girls have uh, they're not twins, but they have April 19th, and then the two youngest have July 15th, and it oh just gosh. worked out that way. They so happen to be born on the same day? Yes. Wow. Oh, yes. my gosh. Okay, I'm not going to so, ask what was nine months before that. Yeah. <laughs> There's only... Yeah. <laughs> this is a family show. Yeah. 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 a vacation, like, yeah. in the safe time. Yeah. It just worked out. Four, and a, four yeah. I think they said, one in four billion. But, you know, thinking that if we're trying to create a joyful family... Um, but you know, our kids are expecting something bigger, um, and, and and realizing that sometimes the joy is found in the fact that we we left all of our plans that I thought we were going to do, and we went to Leatherby's, and I usually do a big up which to is do for yeah, which is an ice cream store. And there's a lot of joy. Um, yeah, that's and, joy. And that's joy. And a few extra pounds. But if we come with that vision in mind, and Connie, you're good at that. You always say. 
you know, you're looking ahead and picturing what it is that you want. But I realize that that also changes with your kids' ages. And now that I have the 19-year-old down to the 10-year-old, you know, it has changed and it's evolved. And I've had to let it become joyful in a different way than it was in the very beginning when I was trying to, you know, control... Control the joy. Yeah. (laughs) Or the mess. I'm just praying for the joy. (laughs) So hopefully that makes sense. That is a great point of that letting that, those shifts, just what I'm hearing you say is letting that evolve, letting those things, let those natural shifts come and go with them rather than fight them so we're not feeling that frustration. Jenna, do you have anything to share on this? Well, you know, my problem was connecting with the 115-year-old left at home. And something that I've realized really works for us is physical touch. I'm finding that, you know, the back rub, the foot rub, the big bear hug that cracks your back, whatever it is, that works for us. Even sometimes, Mom, will you put the zit cream on me? Yes, yes. I will. You know, <laughs> because we're touching and we're connecting yes. and it works. And um, I also kind of just in the deep part of me believe that if they get enough really wholesome, healthy touch, that maybe they'll be able to avoid inappropriate touch as they head sure. into those teenage mm-hmm. years. Absolutely. And it studies back that up. I bet Heather's read. Absolutely. And in fact, eight, it's eight touches a day for a healthy, happy child. Oh, I love eight. it. And if your child is struggling, it's 12. So if you think about that and you're talking about a son and our oldest is a, you know, is our son too. And if you, you don't, you don't hug your boys as much as they get older. It's just naturally a division that starts to be created. And so I have to very consciously, just like you're talking about, remind myself, give him the hug, reach out to him, put my hand on his shoulder when I'm talking to him. Because naturally, you know, our girls, they're different. They're just, they, they're yeah, always they touching me. Yeah. 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 Back, back off. All yeah. four are sitting on me. And it's like, I only Don't have one lap. Brother. And there's four couches. Go choose one. Yeah. But our son is, you know, they, they create that a little bit as they get older. So yeah. those touches are so important. And I love what you said about how it safeguards them. I truly believe that that's that is the case. So true. That it, yeah. Once they feel fulfilled in all those areas, they don't go seeking it out in wrong places. Yeah. And so. even if they're not interested in it, even if they roll their eyes or act like they're not, I have my Asperger's son is not interested are. in a lot yeah. of touch, and I give him knuckles every night, and I'll do a side nice. hug. I said, no, I get a side hug, love. And he rolls his eyes. He's 21. I don't care. Yeah. Still give him a side hug. And you know what? They know in, in their Absolutely. core. They know they need it, but they're not going to ask. So great to just yeah. go and do it. Well, so, I was just okay. going to say, our son, too, sometimes I know not because I'm in tune enough, but because he'll reach out to me. Yeah. So he'll come yeah. over and instead of just saying thanks for dinner, he puts his arm around me and says thanks for dinner. And sweet. I and oh, it reminds me, oh, you're doing a really bad job with that. It is. It's a reminder where it's yeah. like, this is what he needs right now. He needs this. Or you're doing a great job. So, yeah. well, that's right. He knows now to share what he needs. It's, by showing it's probably more because I've not done a really good job. <laughs> that's but, good. But it's okay. Fantastic. But yeah, so they tell us. They help yeah, to tell us. I love those reminders. Michelle, do you want to Sure. Well, I just think that for me, as as a mom, one of my biggest struggles is is you know in this era where we want to be involved in our kids and we want them with us and we want to do these things. I also find myself getting caught up in being this cruise director, where I have to, <laughs> oh, where yeah. my kids are always like, "What should, what can I do, mom?" or "What should I do?" And then I'm so always bored. getting them in these other yeah. things, and and I'm saying, "You can go jump on the trampoline," and they're saying, "I'm so bored, I don't want to do that," or "What should I draw?" And I'm like. 
please don't make me tell you what you need to draw. Like, if you want to draw. And so, I have to... Here's a fruit bowl. Picasso did it. You can do it. <laughs> but it is easier. It's easier for me to say, do this, or go do that. or And so, I have to constantly tell myself that in order for me to feel, like, get myself out of those places where I feel like I'm the only one giving activities is just ask more questions and give my kids opportunities to say, like, if they say, Mom, I don't know what to do. Like, what, what kinds of things do you want to do? And, and not jumping in, even though it's easier for me to say, hey, here's some crayons, color, um, giving them some choices. And sometimes I've even put some things up like on a, on a board before and said, which one do you want to do so they can pick? I want to color. I want to go outside. I want to read or whatever. But, um, sometimes it is about me getting in there and jumping in and playing, but I also have to ask myself to step back sometimes so that I don't feel like I'm going crazy and that they can't be Mm self-directed because they need to be being more creative and being more interested in, um, creating some of their own happiness that way. And that critical thinking is so important at a young stage because when you start giving them the opportunity to own what it is I want to do, what is it that looks good to me, then you're giving them life skills. It's not just about going out to play. And I think sometimes that brings up a great challenge that we have as mothers. When you have more than one child, then it becomes about almost survival every day of just trying to get everybody the basics, like deal meal kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. But you're talking about taking a second, just taking 10 seconds, 30 seconds, and asking questions Instead of just sending them on their way and good, check off, I'm going to put in the laundry. Or involving them in the things that you're doing and getting them started. I know that that's another great thing is if you can get them started for 5-10 minutes, they, they can get in their groove and mm-hmm. go on their way. So great and job. we do a little thing at night that, I, that have, I found has helped us too called Imagine If. And I think this is really important for kids anyway. Like they, They've done some studies that say one of the best ways to give your kids self-esteem is to have them in a futuristic mindset. Mm-hmm. Not so futuristic mm-hmm. that they're not in the present, but they're not thinking about all the bad things from the day. They're not mm-hmm. sad about all those things. And so we play this game at night. Not every night. I wish I could say I was a rock star mom where <laughs> it, the lights are off. I'm in their bed. Mm-hmm. They've got, I've got my arm around them. We've got some snuggle time. But I'll just say, imagine if tomorrow you could do anything you wanted. What would you do? And so they start to think about that and but to them it's not me saying um it's not me saying hey what's what we're going to do tomorrow but it's them going oh i would ride my bike and i would do this and i would do that and the next day they're like mom remember i told you i was going to ride my bike and i was like it works for everything you can say imagine if you're at disneyland or imagine if you're at the park what are you going to do first and it just gets them thinking about the future and something that's happy and exciting and has them focusing on making their own choices Mm -hmm. i love that i want to do that for myself yeah there's a clear counter. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Imagine if I was in Hawaii by Doesn't myself. It, <laughs> Doesn't it make you think, though, our kids are in the trenches, too. They're yeah, going yeah, through yes. their own battles. And I, I parent a nine-and-a-half-year-old on up to a 19-year-old. And obviously not the 19-year-old as much. She's quite self-sufficient. But the reality is, is they go through their own quiet struggles that they don't quite know how to communicate just yet. And so... I love the thought that if you're doing the imagine if and at dinner we do the question of the day and it's usually always the question a high and a low but I think again we're we're saying how do we tune in and be a better mother we lessen up on the guilt you know we make sure that we're not as controlling we let our kids fall a little bit but you know having those opportunities to say let's let's create let's think let's go places together and you just helped me bridge, Michelle, the gap between the nine and a half year old and the 19 year old because they're both imagining things. Mm-hmm. They're just imagining yes. different things. Mm-hmm. And I'm the mom, and even though I'm the cruise director, yes. <laughs> what an exciting time to be able to know that I'm helping do that. You just, that inspired me. 
This, mm-hmm. I think this whole thing, I don't know for you listeners, sweet things, but I am inspired. I've been taking notes and I'm so excited to try some. My poor kids, they have no <laughs> idea what is coming when I go back and see them. But hopefully you've got some takeaways too today. We've had some great specifics. What are the deal breakers in your family? Praying about who most needs me today. Um, being able to say, what's our family story? Imagine if, how many touches are you giving your children? You don't have to feel overwhelmed by any of these things. Pick one. Don't take, take any. Just let it simmer. But maybe choose one that you think, I'm going to try that this week and give it a whirl and see what happens. And, of course, we would love to hear what you have to share, what, what experience you had with it at fromthelivingroom.com. We have lots of places, social media. We have things there. Share your comments. Share your ideas. This is the 21st century washing well of women where we can come, we can share, we can learn, we can grow. We go back and we give it to our families. And it just is a win-win. So hopefully you'll tune in and share with us. We have lots of topics. So take a little look. And we'll be able to share with you next time what we have to offer. And remember to give yourself and your family some living room. Thanks for coming to The Living Room. We hope you've enjoyed listening, laughing, and learning something new. Join us for our next show. And in the meantime, give yourself and those you love some living room.